Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, everybody. You're all looking good. Nobody's having a bad hair day, so that's a good sign right there. We want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is October 12, 2022, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time, and this is the Israel Watch, which we do every week, and our the world-renowned Josie Silver is leading this week, and so we're looking forward to a great hour, and let me just speak a blessing over you, Josie, and then we'll turn it right over to you. Father, I just thank you for Josie and for her husband, David, and I just thank you. We just bless them, and we bless their ministry. In Yeshua's name, we just declare over them great favor. We just declare over you, Josie, that God's favor surrounds you as with a shield, declaring that he would give you and your husband a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just pour it out on a daily basis every day that you might do what he's called you to do and you might hear his voice. And we just declare renewed strength and also protection that he would hide you in the shelter of his wings. No harm would come to you, no destruction near your tent. And that means no illnesses, no accidents, injuries. He would protect your provision and that he would bless your marriage. And we just declare over you today and this week that the joy of the Lord is your strength in Yeshua's name. Amen. Over to you. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Beautiful blessings spoken out. They have to happen. So receive it all. We're going to start off with some beautiful live worship. I thought we were going to have to do some recorded music, but Colleen was available. So she's going to start us off with a couple of joyful songs because it is a time of being joyful and rejoicing. I want to launch the watch today with just some things I want to share about Sukkot, which I feel will springboard us into prayer and intercession. I've asked David too to share just for five, five or ten minutes maximum, a little bit as well. Something that you may not know, but it works with Sue Beautiful. And then we can go into some prayer and sessions. Colleen, thank you so much for being available and willing to come and do the worship. We love your worship, so I give it over to you for now. Shalom, y'all. <clears throat> from the side of Mount Carmel. It's good to see your faces. And it's good to see those of you who can't be with us face to face. It's okay. I totally understand that. Let's rejoice. I was glad when he said, come, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, unto the house of the God of Jacob. For the Lord will go forth from Jerusalem, and we will walk in his foot. 
certain that Josie will talk a, bit, a little bit about Sukkot, but when, when I was praying about what to sing, I just felt like this is a really good Sukkah song. So I hope that you know it, and if you don't, just let the Lord minister to you and think upon His goodness, because that's what this holiday is all about, is dwell, dwelling upon His goodness. The colors will fall to the fragrance of spring.
Amen. He is amazing. I, I was listening to a song somebody sent me a few days ago by Chris Tomlin, and it's called Is He Worthy? with a question mark. And that is how it's sung. He sings, Is He Worthy? You would love the song. I'm sure you've heard it, Colleen. Yeah, I have. I'll send it to you if you haven't got it, but it's, wow, it's just been dancing in my spirit ever since I listened to it. Is He Worthy? And then his backing group, would answer, yes, he is, yes, he is, yes, he is worthy. And just the whole concept of that singing but asking a question and then everybody answering it, it was just different dynamics in the song that I haven't seen before and I just loved it. But So is he amazing? Yes, he's amazing. Is he worthy? Yes, yes he, he is. is worthy. He is more than worthy. Amen. Amen. So just before I share just a little bit about Sukkot, I, want, I forgot to mention about the live streaming tonight of the Arab One New Man Jewish Worship Night at our congregation. Yes, if I forget this, Karen will be annoyed with me, I'm sure. So I got the notice oh, here. Wait, Josie, what time is that? Tonight. It's at 7 p.m. Israeli time. Okay, That's great. That's in four hours. That's in four hours, everybody. Yeah, that'll be still your morning for most of you, I would assume, in America, yeah? Yeah, anyway, it's going to be led by... <laughs> a young Arab worship leader who's been 
mentored about Israel by Rania. I don't know. I can't remember what her last name is. Rania, the Arab from Nazareth. Yes, that's the one. And she's raised up this group of young people, youth, with this love for Israel. Of course, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but she's mentored them. She's nurtured them into a place of a really beautiful anointing. So they are actually going to be leading the worship tonight. I think Karen is going to start off with some worship and then that'll be a springboard for them to come in. And we're believing as the one new man comes together again on this mountain that there will be a breakthrough. Seems to be a word that's been coming through quite a bit lately in some of our intercession watches and different prayer meetings that we've been having, groups coming through. And so, yes, amen. We're going to believe for that. And so if any of you want to join, you can just go on to, maybe you could put the link, Colleen, on the chat where they could join tonight. That would be great. Anyway, I encourage you all to come in and be a part of it. I'm very excited and looking forward very much to going. So here we are in Sukkot, the full, one of the last of the full feast festivals or celebrations. And I don't know how much each of you know about Sukkot, but Maybe what I'm going to say you already know, some of you don't know, but it's always good just to share a little bit about the topic for prayer before we launch in. Of course, Sukkot is a time of the harvest, of the summer harvest. So therefore, here in Israel, it's a time for us to thank God for his provision for that harvest or for his goodness, like we just sang in the song that Colleen sang, because he's been good to us over these seven months of no rain. The Lord has caused a provision for us still to grow and given us the dew of heaven where there was no rain. We have a lot of dew here in the summer, so that is our water supply. And this is his goodness that, that does that, as we know. And it's a time for, of course, asking him and praying for the rains to come within the next few weeks if not days, maybe, we don't know. In fact, we had our first signs. He's always so good to give us a sign that he's still with us and he's still for us, no matter what we've done as a nation and as a people, because we still sin so greatly. But his faithfulness, he just gave us a few little drops of rain on the morning of the evening of the Arab or the evening of Sukkot last on this Sunday of this week was just a few drops, just like his touch, a kiss from heaven. I'll send it, don't worry. This is just to remind you that I'm going to be good to you. So we, it's a time for thanking him and asking and believing in faith that he will send the rains. He loves to hear our prayers of faith, believing that he will do something before he's done it. I think the scripture goes, is that faith is the substantiating of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so I know he just loves that when he sees his people move out in faith. And of course, it's also a time for, so that's the natural rains. And it's also a time for us to be believing for an outpouring for the rains of heaven or the spiritual rain or an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I, it's also a time of joy because of what he has done, because of what he is doing and because of what he's going to do. And because of what the whole feast means, complete. So it's a time of great rejoicing and joy for us. And I think we, we exaggerate on the joy, and rightfully so, because it's 
we have hardships here in Israel. It's not easy living here. I don't need to elaborate on that. So we, when we have joy, it's outrageous joy. <laughs> we go a little over the top, but it's okay because it's hard here. And times of joy, we enjoy it to the fullest. It's also Actually, Josie, yes, but let me just say this: outrageous joy is not over the top. It's actually biblical. Yeah. We're in psalms all over the place. You know, shout for joy to Lord, to the Lord, all the earth. It's He calls us to be outrageous. So you're actually not over the top. You're actually right in sync with who God is. Just wanted to say that. Okay. Yeah. There's a song by Jeffrey Petrill called outrageous grace look you want to go on youtube and listen to it sometime it is so amazing and he really emphasizes on those two words outrageous grace and the way he sings it it's tamar colleen it's tamar and my favorite song from this song artist anyway so yes outrageous grace and joy but it's also a time for us here of expectation of the rains the natural rains we do wait and expect for them. And it's a time of expectation that God would pour his Holy Spirit out on us. And I'm sure that a lot of you know that in ancient Israel, the priests at this time would go in the temple and they would take a cud or a, a flask of water and they would pour it out. It was a prophetic act, obviously, on the ground, believing that this was a type of the rains coming down. They would do this, believing that, the rains would come. But really, I think this is the first time I've thought about this, but I think it was a blueprint of Yeshua as the priest doing just that, because at the same time he stood, didn't he, and said as that water was being poured out, he stood, Yeshua, in Jerusalem and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and out of him would spring up those beautiful rivers of living water. So I don't think there's anything in the Hebrew scriptures or the Tanakh that is not a blueprint of what Yeshua would be or do or what is written as a thread right through from Genesis through to Revelation. It's just, it's totally connected and joined together. You can't separate it. And if we have eyes to see that thread, it's that's amazing too. That is amazing because he's amazing because he's done it he's made this beautiful blood red thread all the way through yeah our expectation is in him and as i have thought about sukkot as i've, I've sat in our sukkah and meditated and prayed and enjoyed the lord i just kept getting this theme about wells and we each have a well deep within us and this is where that water, of course, of living life or rivers, that's where they are. That's where they live. And I started to think about Abraham's wells. And he had water. He dug and he had free-flowing water coming up. But the enemies of Abraham and our forefathers, they came and they blocked them up. They wanted to try and stop us living because if we didn't have water in those days or we don't have water at any time we're going to die so they came along and they blocked them up and Isaac of course inherited these wells and he purposed that he would unblock them and of course he did so that water would flow again from 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our forefathers, we too have inherited these wells. Of course, I'm talking spiritual wells. And we have inherited also the challenge as believers filled already with the Holy Spirit to restore and revive the wells, not just our own wells and the wells of each other, because we all get blocked up at times, but the wells of our people. And I would like to perhaps pray into this a little bit, because I feel it's very relative and just part of Sukkot, because it's all about water and joy and breakthrough. And so, yes, there's a lot of scriptures too that speak about breakthrough, that we could pray. Genesis talks about the windows of heaven being opened and then the foundations of the earth being opened. And I just see that the the windows of heaven being opened is like the Lord himself allowing the Holy Spirit to be poured from above down. And then the, the part of the earth being opened up is like our spirit man being opened up and the water's coming up. Of course, it's also that two coming together, isn't it? As one heaven and earth and the Holy Spirit and our wells joining together. Maybe we could just pray into that a little bit. I'm sure the Holy Spirit would lead each one of us. I would just like to start off with this. It's something prophetic. It's from the word of God. And I would like to proclaim this. Colleen, if you get something to play over it, then do. If not, that's fine. It's however you're led. But it comes from in the time of, it's in Numbers 21 and 17, where God had instructed Moses to tell the people to go to a well. And there he said, assemble or gather, some translations say, the people, and I will give them water. And it goes on to say, then Israel sang this song, and these are the words of the song. And they were prophetic because at that stage they didn't have water. Come up. Oh, call out to it or sing out to it, some translations say. But they were prophetically calling forth the waters from the earth, from the ground to come up from that. And so we too can prophetically call the waters in our spirit man, the waters in the spirit man of our people, they're totally blocked. Occasionally our wells get blocked, but we know how to deal with it. Our people don't. It's like concrete is being poured over their wells and all this life-giving water from God is underneath and it needs to have a be broken open so it can gush up. Like in the very beginning in Genesis where God opened it and it gushed up and call it forth. Come forth, oh, come forth, oh, living waters. So before we do that, I just wanted to bring David. We can hold that in our hearts. And I'll call David to come and share just for five minutes what he has on his heart. And then we can go into some intercession. I think it's quite good timing. We're just about on 3.30. So I'll have a good time after David has shared for some prayer and intercession. Okay. Okay, David. Okay. Well, I'm everyone. Great to be with you again. And I just want to share, a, whether it's an insight or a revelation, maybe an insight is a more fitting word, that I had a year or two ago about the Feast of Tabernacle, Sukkot, which I think all of us know that the festivals, the Moedim, all have a, a past, a present, and a future relevance. And of course, the relevance 
of Sukkot in the past was when the Spirit of the Lord dwelt with the Israelites in the tabernacle in the desert. And the current fulfillment or the current relevance is the fact that we believers have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. And also, as Josie just shared, that we can receive that living water that Yeshua was speaking about on the last day of the feast. I think John 7, we can receive that living water every day. And then we have the final fulfillment of Sukkot is when Yeshua comes back to dwell amongst us from a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, which is getting closer by the day as the world, the way the world is going. Anyhow, so the point is from, from Passover through to the Feast of Tabernacles, many of us believe that it's a prophetic picture of God's redemptive plan for planet Earth. And we can see where we are when we understand the timing of the festivals, the harvest cycle, and what they all mean. Anyhow, the Feast of or the Feast of Tabernacles, it's a seven-day celebration. However, there's another day added on to the end of it. And it's a, it says that on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. It doesn't even have a name in the Bible. It's just the eighth day. It's the second Sabbath of the Sukkot because the first Sabbath is the eve of the first day of Sukkot. Anyhow, we call it Simcha Torah, which means the joy of the Lord. And what happens on that day, the religious Jews go to the synagogue and there really is great rejoicing. The men dance around the synagogue holding the Torah scrolls, singing and really truly rejoicing. And I think the reason why they're so happy is that it's the final reading of the Torah. And so what happens at the end of the, once that final reading is read, the Torah scroll is rolled back up to the beginning and, it's, and they start to read again. And that's why they're so happy because they love the word of God so much that they're rejoicing because, hey, we get, to, we get to read it again. Anyhow, as I said, I've had this insight that even Simcha Torah, even though that's not really the biblical name, it's a, it's an, it's a prophetic picture of what happens at the end of the millennium. So at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, we have Simcha Torah, the day that the Torah scroll is rolled up and we start again. But now what happens at the end of the millennium? And uh, I found this actually in the book of Revelation. It says that this heaven and earth roll up or roll away and God creates a new heaven and a new earth. I'm not sure if anybody else has had that insight or has seen that before, but to me, it just really is the, it's the icing on the cake for the fact that the, the cycle of the Moedim or the festivals absolutely lays out God's prophetic plan for this earth and for the new heavens and the new earth. So starting at Passover, when of course Israel got out of Egypt, and for those of us who are in the, in the kingdom, our Passover lamb, Yeshua, takes us out of the kingdom of, or out of slavery to sin into, into our journey inside the promised land in God's kingdom. And so starting in, at Passover in March, April, depending on how the calendar works, and then coming right through to the Easter Tabernacles, the celebration of Yeshua coming back to dwell with us for a thousand years. And then ultimately, at the end of that thousand years is a new heaven, or the, this present universe rolls up, just like the Torah scroll in the synagogue, and we start again with the eternal kingdom. And my whole point in really sharing that today was really to inspire us for prayer and uh, evangelism, because we can see that time is very short. We're in the, we're, we're in the latter days, we're, in the, we're coming towards the end 
of this age and time is getting very short and maybe what I just shared with you today would be a little gem that you could if you remember and if you have the opportunity you could share that when you're speaking about the festival either to other believers or to people who are yet to come into the kingdom just the fact that this whole cycle including this eighth day that doesn't have a name in the bible is actually a picture of God's plan for planet Earth. I just wanted to share that with you. So God bless you. And let's, let's, uh, let's increase our prayer for the lost and increase our evangelism because they really need to know the Lord.